everybody and welcome back to another episode of good land the land where everything is good because what is better than hanging out with two best friends my name is norin and i am one of those best friends and i am michael i'm the other best friend the other best friend uh real quick i think i forgot it the past episode or so but uh shout out to at Cusco sucks on twitter for our wonderful intro I don't think I say it enough. I don't say it as much as I should. Parker's doing great work. Thank you, Parker. He is. For the I great love work. listening to to the new things he's making. So yeah, yeah, he's doing he's doing great. We're proud to proud to show off his handiwork at the start of our show. Um, well, Michael, my dear dear friend, please tell me about your week. How I guess past couple weeks it's been it's been like two yeah, weeks past- now past two weeks yeah they they have certainly been good not as crazy or as hectic as the previous weeks uh i had an exam for one of my hard classes and did not do bad so, hey nice so that was a win for me so it's been some pretty good pretty good weeks well good i'm glad to you? hear it um I'm, I'm glad your exam went well i i do not miss having to take exams um <laughs> my past couple weeks have been pretty good um, I've been putting in some work. I'm, I'm working on a brand new uh, D&D show, a new campaign, start of a new campaign. A uh, new podcast is going to come out with it. At some point, we keep kind of pushing back the start date. So eventually it'll happen, probably. But I've been putting in a lot of work for that. I don't want to spoil too much about it. But I've been working hard building the world that is encompassing it and uh getting things ready on that end so that's been exciting that's been a multi-week process um i've watched i mean uh, it certainly sounds exciting so yeah yeah i'm definitely excited for it i've watched some movies i've i've played some games like usual and i've worked it's summer now so uh my parents who are teachers are now uh, on summer vacation which is good oh, for them. That's right. Um, my brother just got a job, so him and I are the ones who are kind of out of the house most now, uh, which is a little bit of a switch to how it was before. But yeah, it's good. It's good. Dang. Yeah, that's awesome. That that's certainly exciting. I, I forget that your parents have the the whole summer off. What do they like to do? Well, you see, my my mom usually almost kind of struggles with it a little bit because she's one of those people that likes to be moving and likes to be doing things so all of a sudden having three months where she doesn't need to do anything it can get a little hectic for her but she keeps herself busy um she's been meeting up with friends now that she can um and she's been uh helping my dad in the garden because my dad that's what he's been doing this summer is right now he's, he's going all in on the gardening now that he's got the time to do it he's also I guess at the middle school he works at, 
he's one of the heads of the garden club now and i guess they're doing some summer meetups for the garden club so he's been going and doing that and then they've both been working out quite a bit too my dad's lost a ton of weight um so he looks he looks great now and him and my mom are just keeping at it working out and getting fit so good for them they're doing more than me so (laughs) (laughs) dang well yeah certainly summer vacations gardening all certified good all certified good good. and and speaking of certified good that's what we're here to talk about this week we figure you know certifying something good is something that we don't take lightly here in goodland and it's something that we like to celebrate as well goodland is is a celebration of everything that we think is good and so we thought what better topic to discuss this week than stuff that we certify as good so basically we're going to chat about some things that we have uh seen or experienced recently that we've really enjoyed or some things coming up that we're really excited about because there's a lot to be excited about there there certainly is Uh, i love you know there's just a lot of good in the world sometimes it's really easy to get stressed and think of all, all the bad in the world but you know sometimes it's good just to kind of focus on you know what's good what's going on yeah, exactly. It's pretty easy to lose sight of of the stuff that is worth talking about, the stuff that's that's worth, you know, the, the stuff that makes you smile. It's pretty easy to lose track of that stuff because there's so much. Um, I, I feel like people say that um, if, if you're doing something that, that people really enjoy, you can get like hundreds of, of good positive comments. But it's like the one negative one buried in there that that comes out the loudest. And I think that's kind of true for most things. Like the loudest voices are often the most negative ones. And so it's easy to to get swept up in that. It's easy to kind of lose sight of of the good that we really enjoy. So that's kind of what we wanted to do with this episode is make sure we don't lose sight on that stuff that we've really been enjoying. So I guess, Michael, what have you experienced recently that you've really enjoyed? Yeah, I mean, I'll say the one thing that I'm taking a, a lot of joy and pride in is like the computer that I'm building. Because you and I initially talked about the concept of like getting new computers or building those computers like way at the start of this year. Mm-hmm. And it's definitely been a process. Obviously, you have your computer. And even though you like were able to get one completely pre built, like even that was something that took some time and investment into it. Um, and I'm trying to put mine together and it's been such a process of figuring out what I want, what I need, getting all of those parts. And now finally everything's like all coming together. So hopefully by the end of this week, I can like actually assemble this computer. And that is, oh, it feels so satisfying just reaching this point. It's like the, the finish line at one of our cross country, <laughs> cross country meets. Yeah, man, I, I mean, you're right. This has been a process for us, this PC journey that we have gone on. I totally remember like the beginning of, of this year saying like, this is a thing that we're going to do by the end of the year, we're going to have good PCs. And it's something that we were really excited about, something that we had been um, putting a lot of energy and like research and reading into. And so to finally see it kind of all, all come together, come to fruition is great. Um, I went from knowing almost nothing about PCs and, and, and like what the little bits and bobs were and what all the little 
letters and numbers meant to now being able to to walk into a store and chat with the people about it on their level which is is pretty exciting because like not only is it something that we can use for fun and and for work but it's also like i feel like we've learned a lot on this journey too like our our knowledge that we house inside our brain has expanded in a whole new field yeah it's i mean growing up i played video games like on the console like that's the playstation was i did and and you had uh the xbox growing up you know we had both differing systems and we really enjoyed those those were great and then we got to the point where we had some some laptops and stuff and you know it's nice being able to be to this point where like we've kind of taken everything that we've grown up with and really pushed it into like the these new pcs because yeah it, it covers so much i work from home so i'm literally on a computer all the time you know that, that's that's what i do so being able to have something that's great for like work and also gaming like being able to game with you is one of my favorite things to do like, it's just so nice going back to something that we did growing up you know it's such a, a great way to get connected you know yeah especially because like like you said we had differing uh consoles growing up so we couldn't exactly it, it was harder for us to game together without you know we would have to be with each other physically and bust out a game that supported couch co-op which we did quite a bit i i don't think i'll ever forget our the countless hours that we spent messing around in like halo reach um <laughs> we had so much fun doing that like, that was that was the best i still go back to that game from time to time it's so much fun um and maybe a lot of it is the nostalgia that we had associated with it but mm. without couch co-op like we didn't really have a way to game together growing up so now that we've got to the point where we have pcs that you know that support that online environment that will allow us to to cross that bridge and actually hang out digitally together especially now that we don't live right around the corner from one another i can't cross the canal and walk in through your back fence anymore i have to <laughs> <laughs> can walk into someone else's yard that way <laughs> yeah mind. that's true yeah um i might do it just for old time's sake and check in on whoever <laughs> whoever's there now but uh it um it, it's nice that now that we're we are uh further apart than we like ever have been um it, it's cool that we can still feel connected like this now thanks to this uh this advance that we have made for ourselves yeah like th this is just kind of like the the vehicle for all of that like we could go on forever about the different games <laughs> that you and i take joy in like there's just so much to, to be able to enjoy you know out there like growing up there was certainly like a, a handful of games growing up that were were popular you know halo that was one of them that was like one of those foundational games you know there was a, a handful that were foundational and now i think it's gotten to the point especially with computers being as popular as they are really anyone can create a game you know there are all these sorts of like indie small games and even just trying out all of those or supporting you know, people who, who build these programs in these games. Like, I just love every part of it. Yeah, one of the things that, since I got my PC, I picked up Xbox Game Pass because I had, I have an Xbox um, and I have, I was paying for Xbox Live on it. And especially now that I've started PC gaming, I wasn't 
using it as much, so I kind of felt I wasn't getting my money's worth out of it. But then I learned with Xbox Game Pass Ultimate, you can get Xbox Live and the Game Pass subscription service and EA Play all for like roughly the same price that I was paying for just Xbox Live. So I, I switched over to Xbox Game Pass, and is it is this library of games that you can download for free and play for as long as you're subscribed to the service. And there's like no limit on the playtime for the games. You just get these games for a small monthly price for the entire service. So it's like 15 a month and I get a library of games as well as Xbox Live and EA Play. And I can, I can just download a game that I want for free, jump in, try it out. And so I've got to experience a lot of games that I wouldn't have played otherwise because I maybe didn't want to spend a whole 60 bucks just to test it out and see if I liked it. So it's it's really been awesome. It's been a great investment. This is not an advertisement. I just really like the <laughs> service that much. I, I like it so much. I cannot yeah. believe I was so foolish as to not, that I didn't do it earlier. I can't believe it. Yeah, I think anything that like lowers those barriers to entry is great like computers it lowers so many barriers of entry you know you you can play virtually anything on computer you can do so much you know and, and with those play passes like there's really so much that you can do i mean even um overwatch like the game that you and i enjoy very much like they just today you said that they just put live their crossplay, meaning that you know you could play on your nintendo switch and i could play on my computer and we could play together it didn't used to be that way. There was always that that strict divide, and, and that was we kind of mentioned it earlier. I had PlayStation growing up, and you had Xbox. Like there was no way that we could do anything together. But they're kind of breaking down those barriers as well, which is really cool to see because a, a lot of a lot of the history of video games has been built around like console wars. Like back in the day, it was like Sega and and Nintendo were, were enemies for a while. And then like Nintendo and Sony when the PlayStation came out. Um, mm -hmm. And it's, and then, you know, obviously the console wars between Xbox and PlayStation have been going for a while now, more so propagated by the fans now than the companies. It used to be the companies in their marketing would directly attack one another. They've kind of stepped away from that. Um, <laughs> yeah. But one of the things that's really cool is seeing the companies themselves trying to stop those barriers. Like, Phil Spencer from Xbox is getting like super buddy with with Nintendo like they're just talking each other up and there's a few um Xbox exclusives that have come over to um Nintendo Switch now like Ori and the Blind Forest like those games used to be exclusive to Xbox but they made that deal with Microsoft and now they're they're there and they're just trying to lower these barriers with all the games that are getting crossplay out now so it's really cool to see the mindset shift from who is the best at gaming and and shift into we are all gamers i think that's a really cool direction and i'm glad that we're heading in that in that direction yeah definitely good good to be all inclusive remove those barriers to entry all of that is good um so michael have you watched loki yeah oh my gosh this this has been incredible i i knew immediately like i just like loki as a character so i was really excited for this because wandavision was incredible mm -hmm. like that's that's gonna be very tough to beat 
even by movies like that's that's going to be tough to beat and then falcon and winter soldier was a pretty good stopgap not my favorite you know i I think especially going right after wandavision probably anything is going to be difficult to beat that so i was i was looking forward to loki even if i didn't expect it to be incredible but i've just been blown away at how well they have done loki so far yeah no i'm i'm totally with you so for those of you i mean by the time that this comes out it'll be it's probably going to go up tomorrow which will be what the 23rd of june so yes that's episode three right so episode three will be out tomorrow so episode two has been out for roughly a week so i feel okay talking about it um but the first two episodes have been fantastic i'm totally with you that wandavision was fantastic i think they fumbled Mm -hmm. the end just a bit but the ride up to it was fantastic and falcon and winter soldier was was really solid, like back to the roots of the MCU. Like it felt very classic, and that's kind of yeah, it did. That's what I liked about WandaVision was that it was stepping out of that comfort zone for the MCU. Like they were trying something new, which was very exciting. And I'm I'm really liking Loki. When I watched the first episode of it, I was a little uncertain. Like I liked it. I yeah, thought it was a fun. Bit uncertainty. But the. Uh, like when they were describing like this is the sacred timeline and the avengers could time travel because they were supposed to and you can't time travel because you weren't supposed to i was a little bit like "Mm." you know that's a little bit yeah exactly i was like i was like that seems kind of a cheap way to explain it all like just saying this is what's meant to be and then i saw a couple people on twitter be like so does that just no one in the mcu gets gets to have free will is that just how it works but then we hit episode two and loki actually a addresses those where he's i think he actually says so you don't have free will and he actually like addresses those direct concerns and then Mm -hmm. you know it's it's starting to show itself like the timekeepers are maybe a little corrupt maybe they're not exactly like the beings of benevolence that they were made out to be and so you, you start to see that those weren't just decisions made those rules weren't just there to cover up plot holes in time travel they were there because the timekeepers have created a corrupt system and they're directly mm-hmm. targeting loki and so that made me like it a whole lot more because it it took away my i feel like time travel is always kind of touchy because you have to make rules for it otherwise it can so easily break yeah the, the story you, that you're telling you always have to have rules but it's so easy to criticize those rules like you know it's always easy to kind of poke holes and i just have really appreciated and i'm excited for the rest of it because i don't know what direction it's going to go i have literally no clue like even with loki himself like in in the first episode he does some kind of soul searching and figures out like who is loki who am i why do i do what i do like so even loki i feel like i can't even depend on to do his standard loki things like i'm just so excited because it's a mystery so hopefully it continues to to get even better yeah um i i really like that like it's cool that we're seeing this kind of we've taken loki back to a point where he hasn't had the character development that he had in the other films because this is not Mm -hmm. the same loki that we know which which is really interesting and seeing him witness the other loki's character growth secondhand is having a really interesting effect on the show and and 
I feel like we're kind of back to Loki at his roots now that he hasn't mm-hmm. gone through those experiences. We get to see kind of like a, a raw uncut version of Loki. And I think that's exemplified like at the end of episode two, when he steps through the portal with, with lady Loki. I'll, yeah, this will be good. I'll tell you when he disappeared through that, I was like, no, don't do it. <laughs> Yeah, and see, even though he did that, I have no clue what his intentions are. Yeah. Absolutely no clue. Honestly, I don't think he knows either. Yeah, I think I, I think this is going to be very good character development. Yeah, and and while we're on the topic of the MCU, I'm uh, Black Widow comes out in just a couple of weeks. It comes out July 9th, I believe, which is like next week or the oh, week after. Yeah. So it's super soon. Um, I know it's hitting Disney Plus as the premiere access, which the premiere access to me has, it's a little interesting because it's like 30 bucks and you can watch it on Disney Plus, like before it actually Mm -hmm. arrives on Disney Plus, which I think for families is probably a pretty good deal because if you have, it's what, like nine, 10 bucks for a movie ticket. So if you have a family of four, you're saving money watching it on Disney Plus. But for oh, that's true. For me, where where it's just me, the thirty dollar entry fee for that is more than the movie ticket would be. So it's not that great for me. I will probably go watch it in theaters, especially because it's a Marvel movie. That's what I do. I'm gonna go see it in the theater. But we've had some reviews coming in already, and. A majority of the ones I've seen on Twitter have been really positive. They've said that it is Scarlett Johansson's best performance of as Black Widow throughout the course of the MCU. They say it's really, it's got some awesome character moments in it. So it's not, it's not just super action focused. Like they, according to the reviews, they're mm. taking the time to sit down and allow the characters to have moments of growth, which is really exciting. Yeah, that's really exciting for her, especially as she's been. She's been with the MCU for quite some time. I've seen some people calling, um, who've, who've some people who've seen it and and given out the reviews. I've seen them asking for a trilogy for her. Oh, all right, man, that does have to be it. I'll certainly need to watch it. I don't know if I'll do the premiere access, but certainly be looking for an opportunity. Maybe when you're here that weekend, uh, we can go see True. it. Yeah, because that'll be cheaper than getting the premiere access because since it's just since it's just you and your wife that's a little more the 30 bucks is more than it would be for the two of you to go to the movies so yeah a little bit more manageable so maybe maybe we'll just go see it um but i'm really excited about it and speaking of that weekend that you are coming uh back home we are going to go to a magic the gathering pre-release yeah oh my gosh this will be exciting yes. for a lot of reasons. For for those of you that don't know Magic the Gathering, allow us a moment here to reveal just how nerdy we truly are. Which, if you are watching the show instead of listening to it, it's pretty evident, as I've got Magic the Gathering cards <laughs> right underneath my anime poster. Um, but Michael and I are pretty big nerds. So if if you if that wasn't evident, let us just be plain about it. 
Magic the Gathering. Like really hammering that nail. Yeah. Yeah, this episode for sure is going to reveal it. If us talking about superheroes for eight minutes wasn't enough to hammer that fact in, um, let us do it once and for all. Let there be no confusion. Um, but Magic the Gathering is a trading card game. One of the OGs uh, premiered back in the 90s, I believe, early 90s. Um, we have not been playing that long, but we've been playing for a while, since high school. And uh, a pre-release is where... A, a new set of cards they're going to release a whole chunk of new cards to play the game with um and the pre-release is an event that usually happens about a week before the set officially is sold in stores and basically you go in you get like six booster packs of cards you open them up and then you make a small deck out of the cards that you opened to do a small little tournament against people in the store this new set that is coming out these new cards are all Dungeons and Dragons themed, which, if you did not know, Michael and I are on another podcast together called Dungeon Stories, where we play Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, I'm about to start another podcast uh, that is also Dungeons and Dragons. We like Dungeons and Dragons a lot, and we like we Magic the Gathering do. a lot. And so seeing those come together is going to be so much fun. Yeah, we are incredibly like excited for it. It perfectly coincides for when I'm going to be be visiting Meridian. So yeah. the the stars have aligned in every way possible to allow Norrin and I to go to a pre-release together. So yeah, it, it just so happened. Yeah, it just so happened that the very weekend Michael had already had plans to come down that this event was happening. So just like old times, we're going to go to our friendly neighborhood local game store, our FLGS and we are going to play some Magic the Gathering. And I think yeah. my dad's going to come. So, <laughs> Ooh, nice. Man, it has been like four years since I've played Magic. So I know you get a chance to. I have not played Magic yeah. in a long time. So I am just excited in every way possible for this event. Yeah, I've been pretty lucky. So I moved, when I went to Pocatello for school... And I was living in the dorms. I brought my magic cards with me. And for the first two years of my schooling there, I did not really have anyone to play with. So they just kind of sat in my closet. My collection wasn't too big at that point. It's still not big compared to some people's, but it's a lot bigger now than it was. But that's because my third and final year at Idaho State University, I met. Um, so I was a I was an RA. I was a resident assistant. And there were two other RAs that. Well, one of them played Magic. The other one just loved board games. He showed me this game called Smash Up, which is a a card game where you take two uh, pre-existing decks and you get to pick two random ones and mix them together and play. And I was like, this is a lot like Magic the Gathering. If you like this game, Smash Up, you'll probably like Magic. So then at 4 a.m., I taught him how to play Magic. And he loved it so much, He, when we said goodbye that night, he went to his room and spent 200 bucks on magic cards <laughs> to get himself into it and so then uh, me the ra who already played and this one who was new the three of us formed a little play group and we got super into it i got more into it than i'd ever been before and actually started like spending good chunks of money to build decks that were actually good and playable and so i've been playing quite a bit since um but yeah we're very excited for this because they are 
it's D and D coming into magic. And that's probably like the nerdiest thing I could possibly imagine. And that makes my little <laughs> heart so happy. Yeah. I guess for, for those who aren't familiar with like playing card games, especially this style, what, what is like, at least to you, what are the most attractive elements of like a playing card game like this? Like what makes magic one of your favorites? I I'll say like first, I love playing like these trading card games, these um, deck building games because one, I get to build the deck, so I get to like stretch my brain a little bit. Like there are so many cards, there are hundreds of cards to choose from, and you pick the ones that you want to like work together, and you get to build something out of it. So there's like a lot of strategy, but I love another element I love about these games is since you're drawing from the deck, it's random. So you could have the best deck in the world, but we'll see if luck is on your side and whether you draw the right card. So that's what I love about it, is just being able to like combine that that strategy, like exercising my brain, and you know a little bit of luck. Those are at least my favorite, but what are some of like your favorite elements to a playing card game? Yeah, so especially for especially for magic what i really one of the things i appreciate a lot about it is is like the aesthetic of it i guess is what i would say because i'm someone who loves fantasy and i love that kind of limitless possibility that 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 magic um like as a concept um the ability to cast spells and and, and those fantasy realms i love the possibilities that they open up so magic the card game has a deep history of like lore and story set in the universe of the game and i think it's so cool to see how they tie that into the cards and how that plays out like every expansion to the game has a story that accompanies it and that story affects the cards that they make for the game and i think it's really cool that they're able to to do that and i love what you said about like the strategy it's a game where you you get to pick your own strategy and like anything can be viable any idea that you have you can turn into a into a working strategy and the the game is cool because it doesn't have to be pay to win like yeah, you can certainly you can shill out a ton a ton of money for some super expensive cards and you can build a really good deck that way or you can use your brain and think about how the kind of less expensive kind of looked over cards, how they work together, and you can form a good enough strategy that you can save yourself money and not spend a ton of money on the cards anyway. So it's, it, I feel like it's the barrier to entry is not super high because if you find a group of players who share your play style, who share your budget, then you can go in regardless of what your... Uh, what your skill level with these kind of games are or what your budget is. It's, it's kind of open to everybody based on your, your preference. Yeah, that's certainly like, I love it. I mean, we played it in high school. We didn't have high budgets then, you know, so it, it's just a great, it's a very good thing being able to do that, especially with friends. And that's really at the end of the day, it's all about friends. Like that's why I love video games. You know, w one of the main reasons being able to play with friends, you know, magic, the gathering, love being able to play with friends just like all these different vehicles you know these different hosts that allow you to be able to have fun with friends especially with that that creative element like you're talking about yeah i think that's 
one thing that has always made me really happy about the the friendship that we have michael is that we like we like to do things together and eat whether and those things are all are all vehicles for us to enjoy our time together even more you know we even if all we do is is watch a movie or a tv show we can take the time to explore our shared interest in that together and and talk about it so like everything that we do is like a vessel for our friendship because we just like spending time together and being able to expand that time together into something that is exciting and fun and something that that makes our our brains spin and, and work together is something that's really exciting yeah man that's a good way to put that um is, is there anything else that you've like watched or read recently or anything that you know that's coming out that oh. you, that has you pretty excited there there is one thing and that's aragon have you heard the, the latest update from that i think i know exactly what you're talking about <laughs> michael right, are let's... you are you referring to christopher paolini's uh push to get it adapted for television yeah part of that part of it has to do have you seen disney's latest move in relation to that i don't think i've I seen think disney's response to it. to it i think you have some news for me i have not seen disney's yeah. response to it yet so this isn't i don't think this is strictly like in response to like christopher paolini saying i want a tv show specifically yeah let's let's set the scene but, first before we yeah, dive let's... in so so let's set the scene aragon for those that don't know the inherited cycle is a series of books written by christopher paolini he published the first one when he was 17 or 18. Um, he was young maybe he was 16. he was young in that range um it is a fantasy novel about a boy who finds a dragon egg and then becomes a dragon rider and then it turns into this expansive um fantasy epic with with war and romance and it's just like one of the coolest things ever um it got a really a really bad movie uh adaptation it, the movie is sucks it's 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 not very good especially if you're a fan of the book um they just kind of totally disregarded the source material but people have been really wanting a screen adaptation for it a while. So a couple of days ago on Twitter, Christopher Paolini said, look, if we're going to get this to happen, we need to form like a unified movement where we're all asking for the same thing. If we make a loud enough noise, we'll, we'll be seen. So he said the most logical thing that's going to happen is probably a Disney Plus TV show. So if we all on this day use this hashtag to ask for a Disney Plus TV show, then hopefully we'll create a big enough ruckus that something will happen. That is the last I ever heard of it. So Michael, please deliver unto me this wonderful news. Okay, so I want to double make sure um, that I am 100% correct, but I want to say that Disney has purchased the rights to Aragon. So that's that's the latest word. Oh man, your audio cut out. Oh, literally right as you just dropped that big news on me, you went completely silent. Okay. Uh so apparently might need to double check this, but apparently Disney has purchased the rights to Aragon. And I believe Aragon is now on Disney Plus. 
the movie like the the 2006 yeah supposedly i haven't checked this myself let me pull up the app right now um that's awesome that is a great uh (laughs) that's fantastic progress in this let me let me look at this right now okay according to my app it doesn't look like it's there yet but it, it might be coming um according to yeah, what you've it, read maybe it's something that's coming this is just something that lately has kind of been blowing up so th- this is something that we might need to do some follow-up yeah but we'll have to follow this story just the fact that this is like Nora and i's one of our favorite fantasy books like ever growing up like this is what really got me into reading especially like reading large books because i i would read like percy jackson and stuff you know i'd read things but then aragon comes along in these ginormous books and i just loved every single aspect of it so those would always be a top recommendation for fantasy books to get into from Norn and I, at least. Oh, I yeah. Would say. 100%. Always recommend it. One of my all-time favorite book series, for sure. And speaking of Percy Jackson, you just mentioned, that is getting a Disney Plus show. That's true. And they've they've re- revealed, like, the logo for it. It's getting, like, Rick Riordan, who is the author of those books, is really keeping himself involved in the production of this show so that we don't end up with another fiasco like the two Percy Jackson movies that we got, because those were pretty bad. Yeah, (laughs) we've had some bad things. And, you know, I wish everything could be perfect when they're made into a movie, but sometimes just not. TV shows are great. Hopefully we can see some good things come of these. Yeah, It's, uh, it's always really interesting to see, like... Like, some things feel like they're made for the screen, right? Like, Percy Jackson sounds like it is destined to be a great... Something to visually perceive. It just seems made for it. It, The books are... The fight scenes are written super cinematically. But it's amazing to see how someone can take that and fumble it so badly. Sometimes it just doesn't make sense. Like, I don't know if you saw the Artemis Fowl movie, um, but... Yeah, I did watch that one. That was pretty bad. That was a bad movie, but that, the... that was bad. I think from the first trailer we got, we were like, oh, but the mm. books were so exciting and they described everything with so much flavor and so much flair that it just seemed like it would be wonderful to watch it come to life. And then it just makes you think like if the book was this good, like the story was this good in the book, why would you, why would you change it? Yeah. It's, I, I've never understood that. Like, you have the gold in your hand. Why stray from it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I certainly understand, the, especially a director, they probably want to make something of, their, of themselves. You know, they, they like adding their creative input. But when the focus is on a literary work that is already there, go with it (laughs) make the most of it make it something incredible like i think um lord of the rings that's always an example i like to think of so much text so much they could have done with it and i think they did an excellent job oh yeah 
easily one of the best adaptations of book to movie, especially because I feel like they made that story way more accessible for people. The books are kind of a task to read because especially now people have a little bit of time, a little bit of trouble jumping into kind of older literary works like that. Um, and the, even if you, even if that wasn't an issue, if, you know, like kind of the older English vernacular, if that wasn't a barrier for you, they're just dense. Tolkien explains a lot of stuff that doesn't like necessarily need to be explained. Um, he takes his sweet time on some things and they can move a little slow at times. So I think the adaptation just made that story a lot more accessible for people. It did a great job of mm -hmm. opening that up to an audience that wouldn't have really been able to enjoy it in full otherwise. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's a lot of good that can come from taking something from one form of media to the other. And I'm just excited to see what they do. What is your dream screen adaptation? If you could take one book that, or, or one series of books that doesn't have a movie or TV show, and if you could give it a movie or TV show, what would you choose? Mm -hmm. yeah, that's a good question. There's a, a lot of series that I like. I, I mean, it probably, you might not be surprised, but I'd say like the Immortal Nicholas Flamel. Mm. Like that's, that's one of my favorites because uh, for those of you who don't know, so it's the the secrets of the immortal Nicholas Flamel, and it's a series. I think it has like six books, five books five or in six, it. Five or six, yeah. Yeah, it's it's not too long. The the books are about medium length. Yeah, great read. Um, it focuses a lot on magic and like history, and I I love history. That's why it's definitely one of my favorites because it takes magic and combines history. So it, like one thing it does is it takes characters throughout history, like famous famous characters that we have just all throughout history nicholas flamel being one of them you know you've got different people from like all different cultures um different legends mythology and they kind of take them together and make them real here in this modern world so it's just such a cool combination of those and i think that would be awesome to to see kind of lit out over i don't know if it'd be best in a movie or a TV series, but it would just be really cool to have that historical element. Yeah. Especially the way that like the magic is represented visually in that book. Every, every magician in the book has a unique aura about their magic. So their everyone's magic is kind of unique to that magic user. Um, and a lot of it, so it's like unique colors and unique scents. Um, so like you can kind of tell that a magician has been there based on like the smell that lingers and lingers in the yeah. air. So their magic is really unique and personalized. And so seeing each individual character's unique style of magic represented visually would be super cool. Um, I know that like the bad guy was all like, kind of, was it like yellow or orange and like smelled like sulfur. So you could always tell that there was like some, some bad guy around. And then, yeah, there and then i think what nicholas flamel was like mint mm -hmm. i want to say or something like that like i just thought it was so cool because that that series again combined history with like a very unique concept and i think that's something that aragon and nicholas flamel share very well is they're both magic but both brought a very unique viewpoint of how magic works and how those rules are um 
so just having it be like so unique, like reading Nicholas Flamel, it had me think like, man, where would I stand in this conflict? You know, like just from that side, you know, whose side would I be on? And then things like, man, if I was in this role, like what would my aura be like? <laughs> like just yeah. really cool things like that to sort of contemplate and put yourself in the shoes of those people. For if you haven't read the books, you totally should. Um, they're written by Michael Scott, I believe is the author's name. Yeah, um, they are. Very easy to remember if you're an Office fan. Um, <laughs> you'll, you cannot forget the author's name. It's Michael Scott. Um, so definitely check him out if you haven't. But if you are having a hard time imagining what these the magic in this series looks like, picture that one scene in Harry Potter. I think it's the sixth one where they're in the Ministry of Magic and Dumbledore is fighting Voldemort and they're uh, like, there's like those big, like that water sphere that one of them summons and then they're sitting yeah, at it the other and then they like turn it into sand or, or glass or whatever. And they do, it's that really big flashy fight scene between Dumbledore and Voldemort. Picture that. That's what the magic in Nicholas Flamel reminds me a lot of is, is that scene. It's just really big and loud and flashy and super visually yeah. impressive. Yeah, magic is all, like, used to do, like, big things. It's not like, you know, you cast a spell ten times, you know, not small things. They're all just very big and very dramatic in very cool, unique ways. That, like, makes sense, too. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's definitely worth checking out. And, Michael, I think you're so right. It would be fantastic adapted for screen. Yeah. What about you? What, what, what do you think would be a, a good adaptation? I had I had two that came to mind. Um, the first that came to mind was Ranger's Apprentice. Um, oh yeah. Oh, I love that series. I absolutely love it. And I think like the way that the books are set up is they're kind of episodic. Like each, they, yeah, you can pick up most of the books in the series and read a chunk of them out of order. You won't necessarily need to have read the previous ones. Like they definitely help. You'll understand the characters and their development a lot more. But the stories aren't always directly. It's it's different than something like, than something like Harry Potter, where it's this overarching story that stretches across the whole books. Like they're kind of a little more self-contained, and so I think it would work really well for a TV show, because you could break up the books into seasons, and these arcs could be easily contained within a uh, a series. And I think, like we've seen from something like Game of Thrones and The Witcher, how awesome this kind of medieval uh fantasy world can can work on screen it's kind of unique in the fact that it's it's almost like it's less fantasy than it is like historical fiction you get like in like the Mm -hmm. first book there's like these weird magic creatures that are like dog people um but once you go beyond that like there's not really magic in the world there's one episode there's one book where they meet a sorcerer but spoilers he's not actually sorcerer he's like wizard of oz using light tricks and stuff um <laughs> so like there's not really magic in it so it's just like kind of authentic kind of medieval this medieval world and it's it's really cool they have a variety of different locations that they visit the fight scenes are super awesome they're really some of them are really large in scale and would just look awesome on screen so i think ranger's apprentice would be a fantastic adaptation yeah and that'd be a good question for everyone who's listening what would you like to see adapted 
what, what movies, TV shows, what would be your choosing? Yeah, let us could. know. And tell us why. We want to know why. The the other one that I thought of is there's this series um, that I read in high school. I think it's called The Battle Mage, or at least that's the name of the first book. But essentially what it is is it's this it's the story of this uh, – there's like a magic school where you where kids go – and they learn to like summon demons basically. And so it's kind of like if you mixed Pokemon and Harry Potter, cause you can summon, there's like all sorts of different <laughs> like classes of demons that you learn how to summon. And then you can like have them fight with you. It's really cool. It's really exciting. It's a little trilogy. It was, it was pretty fun. And uh, it, it was just good. It would be really fun to kind of see on screen. Cause I think the little creatures that they summon would be, would be really cool to, to watch kind of evolve on screen. Yeah, that would be cool. I don't think that's one I actually read myself. So maybe I'll need to add something to my list. Yeah. I'll, I'll show you. It's, it's pretty cool. Um, they're, they're really fun. Like I said, I read them in high school. I read them pretty quickly. There are like three of them. And then I think he released like a prequel as well. That's follows one of the, uh, like teachers from the school but it's really cool it's it's a fun world there's he teams up it's like this kid i think his name is like nico or something and he he meets this dwarf at his school and they team up he's friends with this little dwarf kid it's pretty fun stuff um he has this little like purple salamander thing that's like his demon that he summons and it uh its name is ignatius i think and it can like breathe fire and it hangs out on his shoulder it's it's pretty cute, um, but I think it'd be really fun to see come to life on screen. But dang, not bad. So um, another thing that I have played recently, Michael, is the game Dungeons and Dragons Dark Alliance. True. Yeah, we were talking about this even before. So best for last. Yeah, it it, uh, it just came out. It just came out today last night i guess um but essentially what it is is it's a it's kind of a hack and slash action brawler game so you have these levels that you go through and they have kind of like branching paths that have hidden treasures on them that you can find but it's like these big swarms of enemies that you have to kind of fight through and you can choose between different characters and each one of them has like a unique fighting style and you can team up and play co-op with people and kind of fight through um, it's set in the world of Dungeons and Dragons. It's set in Icewind Dale, which is a really snowy, kind of dangerous, uh, icy place. And Michael, we actually played a little bit of the official Dungeons and Dragons campaign, Icewind yeah, Dale, Rhyme did. of the Frost Maiden. So it was kind of cool to see those locations from that game that we had played. Uh, it's cool to see them kind of realized in, in this game. Um, but it's pretty cool. So I played by myself last night at like midnight when it came out. Um, I want to experience it again. Uh, I want to try the co-op for it. But the game itself was was pretty cool. Visually, it looks really good. Um, it follows some of the most famous D and D characters. Uh, it's like Dritzda Worden and his his crew. Um, so there's really popular book series, which another thing that would be cool to see adapted into a oh, series yeah, would be the Dritz uh, 
novels. But so it follows the Dritz novels, um, those characters, and it's set in Icewind Dale, and you get to choose one of Dritz's party to to play as and go around and beat up D and D monsters like goblins and and giants and beholders and dragons, and you just get to fight through, and it's pretty cool. It's it's visually it's really awesome. Um, it's cool to see these classic D and D locations and monsters represented visually and like moving around on your screen. Um, the actual gameplay of it, like, I'm not really a f- that big a fan. Like, action brawlers like hack and slash are not usually my go-to games. I tried it out mainly because of the D&D branding on it. Um, mm-hmm. But as far as that style of games goes, it's it's pretty fun. Um, it was it was day one. I think the uh, it was almost a little hard. Like I think it was kind of designed for you to play with other people. So playing by myself mm-hmm. in this style of game that I don't usually play, I was kind of getting my butt kicked a little bit. And so <laughs> <laughs> it's a little bit unique of a play style. Yeah, but it it was fun. It was good. I my favorite part about it was the D&D experience that they brought into it. It's it's a lot different from other D&D branded games. Like most of the times I think of stuff like the Baldur's Gate series where it's kind of turn-based party RPGs. This yeah. is like the opposite of that. It is the furthest thing from turn-based because it's super fast-paced and and it's about like real-time combat how quick can you dodge in and out it's focuses kind of less on the strategy and more on the on the reflexes so it was a lot mm-hmm. different from the other D games i played which was kind of refreshing it's cool to take that the D like brand and bring it in a different direction so hopefully you can attract people who maybe aren't fans of the slower turn-based games yeah it's true it's nice being able to just kind of diversify because there's something for everyone that, that's what's kind of nice with like D branching out in this way like over this summer like they're going to be in magic the gathering you know they're they have video games there are board games centered around D. like there are all sorts of different ways that you can kind of be involved in this franchise and i think it's really cool kind of goes back to that like you know barriers of entry you know i i recently saw someone on a a Reddit thread and they're like, Hey, if you are trying to get someone into D and D or you're trying to get into D and D try some of these other things, you know, see what it is, see what you like, kind of get those creative minds flowing. And, you know, you, you might really like it. You might really enjoy it. Yeah. I think nowadays D and D is doing so much more to be accessible to people. And I think that's really smart because one of the things that we love most about D&D is, I think we've talked about it on the show before, is just kind of how freeing it is. Like how mm-hmm. you can use it to be someone that you aren't. You can use it to to try new things and to go on these adventures that you never could with your friends. It's a way to bring people together and get your brains working in a fun and exciting way. And it, it's a way to really let you explore, like not just fantasy realms and things like that but a way to explore kind of yourself too because you can be someone that you're not and you can see how those traits kind of work you can use them to explore different facets of uh, of yourself and and really kind of flesh them out and so it's like as much as it it's fun to play the game it also i think can be really cathartic and really helpful to you as a person as well and so the more people that we can open up that opportunity to the better i think 
Mm-hmm. Man, if we don't convert some people to play D&D <laughs> through all of our episodes talking about it, I swear. Because, I mean, it's just it's just incredible. Like, just such such a good pursuit. Again, it, it so very much focuses on friends. Like, a group of people working together is really what it completely focuses around. You know, thinking together, planning things out together, strategizing, role-playing, you know, living a way that you'd like to. Like, it's just incredible everything that you can truly accomplish with it. And like we've said about lowering the barriers of entry, the barriers of entry for getting into D&D have never been lower. Like, if you are looking at the lineup of books that they have, like if you go to your local game store and you see this shelf of books and, and each of them, you know, costs money and you're looking at them, and you're like, well, I, poss- I can't possibly afford to play D&D. You can play D&D for free because they have the basic rules online for free. You can download those and then you can use digital dice in Google. If you just Google like roll a D4, it'll bring up this box where you can roll all the RPG dice so you can get the rules of the game for free and dice online without needing to buy dice you can play D totally for free or if your barrier of entry is well i only see people playing D in groups i don't have i don't have five friends who are interested in playing they have uh, released rules that allow you to play with just one dm and one player so you only need one other person interested in playing to be able to play the game because they have provided options for that to be a thing in some of their most recent starter sets where you can play a game with just a, a DM and and yourself, or maybe you as the DM and just one player if you can only find one other person willing to try it. There's The barriers have never been lower. You can play for free, you can play with just one other person, and if you don't even have one other person, you can play Dungeons & Dragons Dark Alliance, or you can play Baldur's Gate 3, and you can get the D&D experience that way, and through forums, on Reddit or Roll20.net, you can find people that way looking for games on on Facebook groups or stuff like that and connect with them over the internet to play. So Mm -hmm. literally, just play D&D. Just give it a shot because you'll like it because you can do anything that you want to do. If we'll you let don't you think join it... one of our campaigns. Yeah, exactly. Like if you don't think D&D sounds like fun, I don't get it because you can do anything you want. So you can have whatever fun you want to have in the game because <laughs> you could do anything. So anything that you think sounds like fun, you can make happen. So just play D&D. <laughs> <laughs> and wrap up. <laughs> yeah. And and that's I think that's what we that's what we've got to end on. That felt like such a good natural stopping point for us for this episode. Everyone please play Dungeons and Dragons. And let us know. And if if you need assistance getting into it, reach out. Reach out to mm-hmm. Goodland. Reach out to Dungeon Stories. Reach out to us individually. Any of the above. If you are interested in D&D, just talk to us and we will help you. Because we want people yeah, to experience it. in anything. Books, video games, D&D. These are all things Norrin and I have certified as good. Certified like good. Excellent. Four thumbs up. All right, everyone. Well, I think 
that I have ranted at you long enough about Dungeons and Dragons. I'll let you off the hook now. I'll let you go now. Thank you so much for stopping by and checking out the show with us. Uh, we have a ton of fun doing this for you. So we're glad that we have people asking us if we take a week off. I'm glad that we have people asking us, hey, where's this week's episode? That makes us feel really good. Um, so thank you to those of you who are concerned about us when we miss an episode. We've just been a little busy. Hopefully now that things are starting to calm down, we can get back to something a little more consistent. Um, but we really appreciate you sticking with us and being concerned about our absence. Uh, rest assured, Goodland is still here. We're not gone. Um, we uh, we really appreciate you tuning in. If you are on uh, on YouTube, you know the deal. Like, subscribe, comment. But for sure, comment. Let us know uh, what book you want to see adapted for the, the screen. Let us know what your dream adaptation is. Or if there's anything that you was adapted that you wanted to be redone better, that works too. That also fits the assignment. Um, If you're on iTunes, again, five-star ratings really help us. And then, of course, just word-of-mouth advertising. Um, Just let people know. And then if you get someone new to listen, we'll certify you good. That's just Ooh, how it works. If you go. if you come if you come to us and say, hey, this I I showed the show to this person, brand new listener, boom, you've earned it, certified good. So look forward to that. Um, with that, we want to thank at Cusco Sucks, K U Z C O S U X on Twitter. Uh, Parker is our homie, and he makes awesome tunes. He does our intro. We love him, and we love his music. So please check him out. Um, He's got some new stuff on the way, some uh, some brand new, like he's got an EP coming out, so stay tuned for that. He's going to put it up on Spotify and all that. Um, and then Parker's band, Satisfactory, has hit the studio again recently. So stay tuned for stuff Ooh. from Satisfactory as well. Right. They'll be coming back, and it is a long-awaited return. I'm so glad that they're going to be back in action again. Um, so definitely check out Parker and his work. Um Anything else, Michael? Anything to add? I think that's good. Man, some good things to look forward to. All across the board. Yeah, there's a lot of good stuff. Stay tuned. If there's anything that you would certify good, let us know. And maybe we'll talk about it. Um, But with that, everyone, this has been Goodland, and I'm glad you're alive. (laughs) 